Welcome to One Strategy Showcase. I'm Ferguson, Chicago. My work series, Behind the Winning Idea, has launched. It's uh, 12 episodes featuring winners from the 2020 Wark Marketing Effectiveness Awards. Uh, shows, I believe, are going to be released every week or two. And the first is for laundry detergent brand Finish and its brilliantly simple Skip the Rinse campaign. Episodes are free and they're only available through Wark Properties. You can go to uh, wark.com uh, slash wark talks or you can subscribe to Wark's uh, Behind the Winning Idea podcast, uh, which of course you can get wherever you get your podcasts. So I hope, you, hope you'll check it out and I'll keep you updated as various episodes uh, launch. Anyway, back to today's show. Um, today we're hearing about a campaign created by Boys and Girls, an agency in Dublin, Ireland. If you're not familiar with what's happening in Dublin, uh, where of course I was born, uh, there's an awful lot of great uh, agencies and a terrific amount of marketing talent in the city. And a number of the folks uh, have been on the show. So I'm super proud to see that a lot of great things are happening in the world of uh, creativity in Dublin. Today, we're going to be talking about a B2B campaign titled The Connected Island. Uh, it's from Three. And Three is a telecommunications brand that competes against the likes of Vodafone and the Irish telecom brand Aircom. Uh, it centers around an isolated island called Aranmore off the coast of Donegal. It has a population of just 469 people. At least it was that number back at the uh, 2016 census. The uh, campaign drove 152% in year-over-year -year growth for three and also won a gold lion at Cannes in 2020. It uses a, uh, a documentary-style approach, which kind of gives it a sense of a higher sense of purpose and serves as sort of a microcosm for what's been happening and what has been a sort of a culture-crushing reality in Irish society for generations, which is the loss of a population from rural areas of the country. Now, some of that loss goes to the main cities, such as Dublin or Cork or Galway, uh, but many times the population leaves the country. So the parallel between sort of island life and business life is that companies are, are not unlike communities. They need to be connected in order to effectively grow. So a very successful campaign. Another success indicator was the client was actually invited to present the project to the European Commission as a blueprint for how to use connectivity to save isolated communities. So this is Afra Murphy, Executive Strategy Director, and Chris Clarkin, Creative Director at Boys and Girls in Dublin. We'll start it off with a clip from the nine-minute film that introduced the campaign. Enjoy. It pains me to say this, but up until a couple of weeks ago when a young girl was born, and that was the first child who was born on the island for three years. So, you know, you do the maths in that, it doesn't look good long term. There's no better place to live than Arnmore, but we have been decimated by immigration. I think, like a lot of other Arnmore people, we have this mad hankering to get back home. The only thing that's really going to help people to work remotely is the best connectivity you can get. There are no opportunities here. The majority of my age group, they've left the island and haven't come back. We're very top-heavy with elderly people. About 45% of the population is over the age of 65. The biggest silence I hear on Ironmore is the sound of children. And it, it's only when you don't have it. The silence is deafening.
we're glad to have you guys on and congratulations on a gold lion at uh, con of 2020 for this work um and uh, for that reason and many others uh, we're, we're excited to have you guys on so i thought we could start off Aoife, by just sort of giving the listeners sort of a you know a 30 second summary of what you think this case is a is a great example of and then we'll we'll dive in from there yeah so i i think this case is probably you know it's a really really good example of uh, a case where you really get to understand what the tropes of a category are and in this case it's the business category so there's an awful lot um of kind of cliches in the business to business category that i'm sure we'll get into but it's a really good example of where we've where we identified those those tropes but really figured out how the brand could act really differently um, and appear really differentiated um in what's you know a category in a sea of sameness um to i suppose to to really inject growth into this brand so chris can you can you tell us about the telco category in ireland it's uh, a a lot different than when I was there, but what's what was the landscape when this initiative started, which was back in uh, 2019, roughly? Yeah, I think the, the the landscape, you know, Ireland is small. Ireland's a, a country of, you know, 5 million people. Um, so we wouldn't have a huge amount of mobile networks. Like the main players would be Vodafone, who would be obviously a well-known global um, telco, Three, who are, um, I guess, a, there's a there's a global element to three, where I think they're existing in, in in a number of countries around the world, not as big as Vodafone, and then Air, which would be very much a local um, telco in the market. So the, there would be three major players, and then a few smaller spin-offs um, un, un, underneath that as well, or the d- different players. Um, and three would have been very strong in the kind of consumer market because that's where they started. Um, but they would have been quite far behind in the in the B2B element and Vodafone and Air definitely would have had a jump on three in that regard. So three is not an Irish brand. It's a it's an it's an international brand that just that just is offered in Ireland. Is that fair? It's not an indigenous Irish brand, so to speak. No, three three is actually uh owned by um a company called Hutchison Wampoa uh, out of Hong uh, Hong Kong. This is the part that makes this case uh, really interesting to me is the idea that here's a brand that's reputation is in uh, in the youth market through acquisition it buys almost one of the biggest players in the country uh, O2 and, and and O2 is a was a very large player my understanding so it's like it's like uh, uh, David buying Goliath right and then it's then it then faces what we all love it has this great brand challenge which is it's known as a brand for youth there's obviously now two sides to the to the uh, three brand there's the the business to business side and there's the consumer side does the does the b2b client then come into the agency and say here's my challenge i want you to solve or or, or how does that come about actually you know the campaign that we're talking about today and the business side of the uh, of three, you know, the, the first ask um, post acquisition, I think, was quite a, you know, was quite a, a standard ask. Um, you know, um, <laughs> Chris might remember um, it, it differently, but the, you know, the ask was a was a, the brief on the table was, you know, to grow awareness um, and consideration um, of their business offering. It was, you know, they'd always had a business offering, um, but it wasn't necessarily something that they had focused on. Um, so it was a, it was a sort of a 
you know, we are at this point, we'd like to see, you know, consideration, um, uh, you know, pushed up a couple of points. Um, but it, it, I suppose it wasn't much deeper than that at the time. How do you remember it, Chris? We were reasonably well known in the consumer space, but not known at all in the business space. So the original ask that came to us was to was to grow three's business consideration, but that business consideration was basically at a low base of of close to nothing, um, which was you know a, a, a challenge at the time. And I think you know the the, the usual tropes um, for business to business kind of start to rear their head at that at, at, at that juncture. Um, but we sort of I think always felt that it, for us to really um, get this brand or that that's that side of the brand to ring true to, to to for people to pay attention we needed to do something very different to what the category was doing and so i assume then at that time there really wasn't anything new from a technology technology perspective that three was bringing to them to the market maybe there was obviously for them it gave them uh, ownership of a broader infrastructure maybe but there was no like new thing that was uniquely there so they needed yeah. to look for something outside of you know features and functions it needed to, and, and price it needed to be something that gave them credibility in business to business so what what does if what does planning do uh, after the brief you you obviously the client lays out some objectives and a challenge what does planning do to sort of further explore and understand the issues and the audiences so I think it's probably at this point it's probably uh, a good time to say that there was you know a really excellent planner um, on this when the original brief came in. When the brief originally came in, I think we were probably we were we were probably disappointed that the that there wasn't a bigger ambition in it. Um, not from a you know not from a client hadn't thought it through. I think we were kind of really excited to get our teeth into this side of of the three overall business. Um, so I think when we first looked at it and we knew you know the huge inroads they had made after buying O2 that you know they had um, all these new customers. You know they were really improving scores in consideration and trust and leadership. We we seen that we seen the amazing growth that they had done on that side, um, and how that how they were growing up as a business. They were growing up as a business in consumers' eyes as well. I think we looked at this brief and thought, um, why why can't they do that for the B two B side as well? I think in that original brief, I think they'd maybe even given um, you know some considerations on the kind of things they wanted to see back and testimonials, um, which you know are obviously one of the biggest B two B cliches, were there um, as a as an option for us to come come with, and we were really uncomfortable with that because you know creatively it didn't feel uh, it didn't feel like it was going to do enough to cut through. It felt quite predictable. It felt it felt quite pedestrian. The 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 first thing that we went back with was actually the island um uh which started uh from an article that one of the creative directors seen um uh that was you know uh all about a company uh in, that were based in london um and the founder was originally from aaron moore this tiny island off the coast of of ireland and he was sort of saying you know how much you know he would love to be able to to move his business back home but it simply wasn't possible because of connectivity and Chris and the team went in in response to this testimonial brief and said, this is how big we should be thinking. We should be 
connecting the island um, that the that this business wants to go back to. And we should be doing it in a way that proves how strong and how trustworthy and how you know world-class three's connectivity is. Um, and, and 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 to do that for real. Um, and we kind of went in with quite a, you know, it was really bold, it was really anti-category. Um, and that was our first response. Was there a desire to sort of be be seen as of Ireland, uh, of that country, of that culture, or, or did everybody generally know that this was part of a larger conglomerate that that didn't have Irish roots? Did that even did that even matter? That, I think that that does matter. It wouldn't necessarily have been from just specifically the business uh, tone of voice, but the tone of voice of the brand. I think that is true. Um, I think there was an element where the original, and we weren't we weren't the agency on record when three started in Ireland, but I guess the original advertising that was being done, um, and not that it was bad advertising, but it was very international in terms of its tone of voice. And I think we definitely had made a conscious decision to try and make three feel like a much more Irish brand. Um, so that it would appeal better to the base uh, that we were, you know, that we were we were talking to, because I think you can see it in some of the more international and global work. It's very clearly not Irish, and it doesn't necessarily resonate as well. So let's just summarize where we are here. The the client has come in with a briefing. Um, you guys have done some work in the field. Um, you come back, but there's a point where you come back in, and there's a meeting, and 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 I there's a discussion maybe about a couple of strategic directions we could go in, let's say. And I'm just wondering if you could, if, uh, if either one of you can jump in and just give me a sense of what was sort of thrown out on the table as possibilities. Another great insight that, that the guys, um, the guys had was this idea that the people making the business decisions when it comes to technology aren't actually technical people. Um, which are, we, we always thought was very interesting because it means that the way you talk to those people is potentially wrong. Normally, the way that you go down, the, the, go down those avenues of trying to be hyper-technical because you want to be seen as a very technical company and you have the ability to do X, Y, and Z in, uh, for their business. But actually, the people who make the decision don't know what X, Y, and Z necessarily is. They just want to make sure that you are a trusted and tried and trusted partner. So we did discuss um, we did discuss ways of bringing the idea uh, that idea to life. We also discussed the the ideas of like actually trying to use the notion of brand partnership. They were working with uh, Zurich, who would be quite a um, a big insurance player in the Irish market. And instead of talking specifically to a Zurich account manager about how great the three business account management team would be, we would work uh, with Zurich on actually shining a light on the uh, technological innovations that three were were implementing for them, and that would form a basis of the campaign. You know, so three like I think the, the thought at the time was along the lines of three works for business, as in you know the the double meaning on works. Right. Um, but it, again, like it, it wasn't a bad idea, but it, it certainly wasn't something. I think that all those ideas we felt were were things that would do, would probably deliver incremental change, and and just didn't have enough uh, enough meat on the bone to really capture people's imaginations. 
do you take these this early stage thinking and put it in front of the client and and or or does Aaron Moore get on your radar before you've presented any of this idea any of these ideas to the client Chris Aaron Moore idea was actually super early in the process um it was probably it was probably smaller in scale than it actually ended up being um I think like Steve's point we sort of saw this article about this tech company in London um, who wanted to move to this tiny island on the west coast of Ireland. Um, it just kind of captured our imagination that the idea of a company that was, you know, in one of the tech capitals of the world wanted to move its entire organization to this tiny island that was essentially, you know, you know, close to being abandoned. And that felt really interesting to us. So we brought that to them very early. We brought that to them with a bunch of other ideas that we kind of discussed there with, with the ideas of, um, the brand partnership ideas with direct mail ideas. Ultimately, in that round of it, we actually ended up doing testimonials uh, and like, you know, decent versions of them. We did it for the right reasons at the time. Then they sort of came back with, so the, the client actually came back to us about Iron War and sort of, you know, after the fact, um, when, we, when this, the next phase of the business uh, brief was on the table and actually said, we're looking for an idea of the scale of, the Aaron Moore idea. Why do you think that was was happening, Chris? Was there? Uh, why would they come back later? What had did they feel that it they hadn't made enough of an impact with their testimonials executions, and they were like, okay, we got to shake it up. Yeah, I think I, I think there was an element to that. I think there was also an element to um, actually the the brand at the time was in um, a little bit of flux, like that. So they had just invested into the infrastructure. Um, across the country. So I think when they came back to us, it was towards the tail end of doing all that work. So there was very much a sort of a, um, a confidence and maybe a swagger to to what they could do now versus what they might have been able to do in the past. You know, nice. in terms of, like they had that ability now and I think they wanted to show it off, um, which is great. You know, it was kind of like around the same time we created a... Um, a brand ad called um, Bounce, and that was all about talking about our uh, threes, threes kind of uh, network availability. It comes back to that point we were talking about earlier, that rather than just promise that they had a fantastic network or they had the business teams in place and the infrastructure in place, they didn't have to just promise it. They were in a position to prove it. Let's give the listener a sort of a sense of Erin Moore Island. So... Uh, for those who are, might be familiar with the map of Ireland, um, Aranmore is off of the county of Donegal, which is on sort of the northwest part of the country. Why was a company moving to a very desolate island off the uh, northwest coast of, of Ireland? This guy um, was originally from Ironmore, um, had started a tech company um, that was doing really, really well. It was based in London. Um, and this was all pre-pandemic when, you know, the, you know, the idea of remote working um, and the idea of sort of, you know, working on different sides on, in different countries, et cetera, um, you know, wasn't as fluid as it is today. Um, and one of the creative directors found um, this guy in this company talking um, uh, in, a, in an article in an Irish newspaper um, just about his his I suppose almost homesickness how much he'd love um to move his business um and his team some of his team uh back to where he was from um uh in Aaron Moore um but the the lack of connectivity um you know just 
meant that it simply wasn't possible, especially not compared to what was on offer in somewhere like London. The client has agreed to put this infrastructure onto an island, a low population. It's not like it's a big business opportunity. It's it's more like a shoot, right? And and they're they've they've uh, agreed to do this. Sent all of their their tech teams up there. They've done all this work for weeks, maybe months in advance. They must have just loved the idea because I would think the initial instinct for a client would be that's too complicated. Can't we just do it on, on in Hoth Harbor, you know, which is a little closer to home? That doesn't have a problem with connectivity, obviously, but but it just seems like a massive investment of time and energy. They must have been in massively excited about it. Yeah, I I mean I think this case is an amazing uh, example of when you know agency and clients. And I don't just mean marketing clients, like I mean, you know, the full client, like this went across multiple departments in three, um, really buy into an idea. Like the idea here wasn't just, you know, a, a B2B idea, like an idea here, the idea here was a community idea, like it was a societal idea. It was it was much bigger than anybody's day-to-day job. Um, and I think that's what really bonded people together. So, you know, the team on this was really, really big, but everybody knew what they were trying to do and I think it did grow legs you know back from uh, you know a brief that was asking for testimonials it was becoming bigger and bigger and you know in fairness to the client they never lost sight of that either when ideas get big the investment gets bigger um so they never they never forgot what they were trying to do in terms of um you know growing three's rep three businesses reputation um but the objectives got bigger um you know the the ask got bigger the demand for results did get bigger as well and rightly so um and i think the more time they spent on the island the more apparent it became that the island wasn't you know one small speck um in the atlantic ocean the the island is a metaphor for an ecosystem for a business it's made up of individual uh people individual challenges um that all make up this one community um, and this one enterprise which is exactly what a business is um so i think once we saw that that immediately gave us confidence that we could communicate this scale um uh, and the challenge then was just making sure it was it was put into a structure that that meant it could achieve it yeah, and that that's a really important point. I'm glad you brought that up because the the the, the real question becomes, and what makes this really interesting is what the island represents. So the island represents, as you just said, sort of like you're treating the island like it's a business, and but it's also the idea that the the island has got some social purpose value. Uh, from a societal perspective, it's it's a symbol of something not only not only in business but also in the country, I mean, for the country, because of emigration over time, et cetera. Can you talk a little bit about the sort of the broader sort of social values purpose of doing this for them? With their purpose of making life mean more through connecting, the island allowed us to inject the 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 feeling and the emotion back into what that connectivity brings people we're so used to it now day to day that we just we don't you know we we do take it for granted i think doing it on the island in ways that we did allowed us to showcase what you know what a huge difference it can make when children 
um, you know, get the same the same educational experience that you know children were getting on the mainland, or when you connect elderly people to their consultants uh, in you know in Dublin, then all of a sudden the thing that you do day to day or the connectivity that three provides isn't just you know some data in a pipe. It's really making a difference to people's lives, and it doesn't matter whether you know you're a consumer or you know uh, you know an IoT manager in a business. You, you you feel that and you want to feel like what you're doing is making a difference. And I think that's, you know, a, a part of why the island was so successful. So, Chris, this idea gets the green light. Um, I got to imagine that pre-pro had a whole new definition when it came to uh, the shoot and errand work. Because I got to assume that there was a lot of lead time to actually install uh, the technology, the devices to to connect and create that connectivity. Um, so how long did it take to get underway where you actually began, uh, shooting uh, and, and what exactly were you hoping to capture when you ended up, when you began the process of shooting? The idea to get to green light stage actually took quite some time because I think what the, the, the I can't underestimate the remoteness of this, um, of, of Aramore as a, as a space and, it's a you know a beautiful kind of rugged island, um, but it is it it is difficult to get to as Eva said. And um, the first thing we did was actually we went on a kind of reconnaissance mission um, with the client, but not just the marketing client. I think that was a really important thing. We went with the marketing with some of the other agencies, the market like our marketing client, but also some of the heads of the business team and some of the heads of the technical team from Three. And that was the first time we've really worked with them uh, together. And that was incredible because we went up to the island um, as a, a, as a full team, uh, purely uh, just to get information and to kind of have a conversation. And there was no commitment on our side or on the island on the side of the island council who we were kind of liaising with to for this to ever happen. It was more just to get a con- kind of get an understanding of the landscape, of their needs, of what three were able to do, and. Um, the first time we went up there, I realized it was going to happen because we were on the on the ferry on the way over, and I could see the guys, the uh, the tech guys, nerding out on, <laughs> on, you know, they were looking at the at the geography of the island. They were looking at the distance from the island to the mainland. They were trying to figure out where the nearest like mainland terror was. They were getting line of sight. They were sort of going, okay, well, we've used X, Y, and Z. And I was like, yes. Like I have these people because like they 100% now it's a, it's, it's a, it's a problem that they need to solve and that's what they do. And they were really into it. Um, but then we had all these amazing conversations with like, you know, pe- local business people, um, people who just lived on the Island, people who worked in the medical centers, uh, elderly people, young people to get a proper sense of what they needed. And we realized from that meeting that actually it was much, much bigger than um, trying to take one tech company from London and bringing it to, to Armour. It was actually, there was a whole ecosystem there and there was, a, there was so many different need states that they had that three could solve with different versions of their technology, with the other elements of their technology, not just bringing their network, but actually bringing some of their IoT and things like that as well. So there was months went by where they, did, they were planning um, on terms of actual, like bringing physical infrastructure to that island is no, is, it, you know, is no mean feat. And what all we knew at the time from a, from a creative perspective was that we needed to film everything. Um, and to do that, 
you approach it very differently. And what, what I was really impressed by and really happy with from the client's perspective is we purposely never wrote down at the very beginning what the media, um, what, what, what we wanted from a media perspective. You know, we, we, we kind of convinced him to keep it loose. And the reason for that was we were kind of going, this could be a TV program. This could be a TV ad. This could be a piece of content. We're not entirely sure. We just know that this is really interesting and we need to document everything. So instead of going to a TV production company and going, right, we've got a 40-second ad. Can you fill this slot? We went to, or sorry, to a commercials production company. We went to a TV production company and we talked to them and we went, we found really good, uh, a really good documentary uh, production company called Loose Horse and a director co- uh, called um, Gary Keane, who, who had just come off a, a feature film that he was shooting in um, Gaza, which had, had premiered at Sundance. And we'd asked them to have a look at this project. And Gary actually was from Donegal, so we're kind of familiar with the tropes and we wanted to make sure that it felt authentic. So we, we kind of, we were embedded on the island from a very early stage with that TV crew to make sure we were capturing everything we needed to tell the story at a later point. So Chris, when you, when you look at, when you look at what didn't go as planned, because obviously I think you go in there with a, a sense of what you're trying to capture. Was there anything, you know, interesting or funny or, or tragic uh, that happened that uh, I don't mean literally tragic uh, that, that wasn't planned? At one point of this campaign, we put a lot of our eggs in the basket of this company in London actually moving to Ironmore, as they said they wanted to do in the um, in the article. And by the time from when that article was written to the when the time that we were contacting them to uh, to do this, and when we had sort of sold the idea to the client, and we were all very excited by kind of how this is going to work, what we're going to do. You know, we were just like, yeah, we're going to get this company. They want to go. They want to move. We give them the technology, they'll move. And then when we actually got in touch with the client, uh, or not the client, sorry, the company uh, in question, their company, that company had changed. It still existed, but the actual ambition that they had was very different. Um, and that at one point was slightly concerning to the point where we were like, oh, this is <laughs> we can't do this now because actually they've moved on while yes, they, they, they are happy and they would like to have a presence on the island. It's not at the scale that they originally envisaged. And we were like, Oh, this whole thing doesn't work anymore. Um, so yeah, that was a pretty, that was a pretty substantial blow at the time. Um, but actually I think it, it ultimately it led to something much better, which, which was to Eva's point, you know, actually looking at the island as a, as a metaphor for an enterprise so let's talk about how it how it rolled out, Aoife. So, and uh, Chris, of course, can jump in too. But um, you you record all of this footage. You've got to just have a wealth of of stories, as as is reflected in 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 the work that we'll see, and that well, we'll have it on the website too. But tell us about um, uh, how it rolls out from a from a from a channel perspective, from a comm strategy perspective. How did it play? So the because the ambition grew with the project, the decision was taken um, to to make to to bring this to TV, um, and that was because we we had identified a sort of a, a reputation and scalability challenge that three had, which ultimately builds into trust and you know building trust um, for for business customers is essential. So the unusual decision um, uh, was made to go on TV um, to reach a broader audience. 
And then I suppose in order to communicate the difference three was making and how it was applying uh, uh, the IoT solutions, um, we we broke down the comms plan into I suppose a, a couple of different um, almost like verticals. Um, some of the core uh, activities it did was that it put in um, a digital hub, um, which allowed people to remote work um, uh, from uh, the central point in the island. Um, it invested um, in the in the school um, to help um, you know bring children's um, experience uh, on par with all the others, and it also um, you know worked really closely uh, with the doctor on the island um, to introduce telemedicine. Uh, so to limit the amount of travel um, patients would have to do back and forth from the island. We have a very large ageing population now on the island right. and unfortunately many of those older people are living on their own. Everybody wants to remain in their own home. So any positive initiative that helps the older person to remain independent and to feel secure and safe is always to be welcomed. Those sensors are going to allow us to monitor patterns of behaviour and that will allow us to alert automatically if we detect something that's out of the normal. It certainly gives peace of mind to relatives that don't live here. Mm. They don't have to constantly think, is my mum all right? Is my yeah. dad okay? Without fishing, you know, we wouldn't be in existence here. And it's ingrained into our DNA. This boy, it's a bit different to what you're used to. So that's going to use the, the network that we've put out as far as the island okay. to send data back so that you'll know at all times where that boy is. It's imperative for us to survive that we use every tool that's open to us. We're working to make this the most connected island in the world. So for each of those stories, they were each treated as sort of individual problems and solutions that three identified and solved. I think we were very proud of the fact that we created a campaign that was, you know, its purpose was to talk to a B2B audience, but actually resonated massively with a consumer audience. And the brand scores that we were seeing from a consumer metric were actually really high. And I think, you know, it's, it's I don't know if there's, if we've given enough context, but, you know, for an international audience, I guess, emigration, and you, you are, I suppose, a, a product of it in a lot of ways. From an Irish perspective, talking about the idea of emigration, of, of, of abandonment, of moving from either your island or your home is quite a well-known um, story. And, and I think there's, there's, there isn't a family in Ireland who doesn't have family members who are, who are living abroad um, and have moved abroad forever, uh, which is, you know, runs quite deep um, in the national heritage and national psyche. So this idea strikes a chord with everybody, whether you're a business person or, a, or, or, or just a regular kind of um, consumer watching TV. Yeah, and this, this is why I cry at U2 concerts, because it reminds, <laughs> me, it reminds me of my heritage. <laughs> I cry like a baby. <laughs> Listen, guys, thank you so, so much. Uh, Afer Murphy, Executive Strategy Director at Boys and Girls in Dublin, Ireland, and Chris Clarkin creative director at boys and girls um you guys are great the work is great we'll put all the work up on the website and uh thank you so much for your time today thanks for us and we'll see everybody in the next episode